Armoire makes getting dressed easy. With a clothing rental membership from Armoire, you can build the perfect wardrobe with brands that are high quality, unique, and recommended just for you. All you have to do is take a five-minute style quiz and select items from your dynamic, personalized closet. The styles will show up at your door in as little as two days. Then when you're ready for new clothes, you just swap them out for more new-to-use styles. Since having kids, I have kind of lost my personal style and I'm using Armoire to help me find it again while trying out different brands and styles without having to add more physical stuff to my wardrobe. And I have a few events that are coming up that I know I am going to want some fancier items to wear than the items that I own. And I don't really want to go shopping for items that are going to sit in my closet without being worn after that one day. I hate the waste that that creates and I love that Armoire allows you to rent high quality designer clothing for any occasion and then send it back. I'm just really grateful that I have Armoire to help me dress for the occasion without having to add something to my closet permanently that I know I'm only gonna be wearing once. Right now, my listeners can give Armoire a try and get up to 50% off their first month. That's up to $125 off. Just visit armwire.style slash minimalish. That's armwire.style, A-R-M-O-I-R-E dot style slash minimalish to get up to 50% off your first month and never worry about what to wear again. Try armwire today. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Minimalish, a podcast about minimalism, sort of. I'm your host, Desiree, and I strongly believe that minimalism isn't meant to be an identity, a standard to live up to, a set of rules, or anything along those lines, but rather just a tool to help us make room for the things that matter in our lives. And it looks different for everyone. Each week, you'll find me here having conversations about living with less realistically and the things that matter, like motherhood and family, intentional living, mindset, loving our people, and everything in between. More than anything, it's my goal to remind you, and often myself too, that you're worthy of creating a life filled up with what matters to you, and that you're already enough, just as you are. I'm so glad you're here, friend. Here's today's episode. Hi, friend. Welcome back to Minimalish. Today, we're talking about minimalism and relationships, and we're even going to talk about gifts as well, and I'm joined by Katherine Williams of The Minimal Colonial. She's amazing, and I know you're gonna love this conversation, although I do think there may be some hard truths present here today. 
They are all truths that are going to only strengthen the things that matter most in our lives, which is really our people, our relationships. Before we get there, I just have to tell you about one thing that is coming around the corner and I haven't even talked about it on the podcast yet. I've created a morning companion journal that is launching next week. If you're on my email list or if you follow along on Instagram, you already know the details, but you know that I love mornings. You know that I love morning routines, and I should say you know that if you've listened to the podcast for a while, because I've talked about mornings on here quite a few times, but in brief, I wanted to make this morning companion, and I'm going to talk about what this even is, to really help you love mornings too. And it's not just about waking up early. It's just about setting up your day intentionally. So this can be done first thing in the morning. It can be done by waking up earlier than your family, or it can be done like once you get the kids off to school and you have a free minute, once you get to your office and you have 20 minutes before you need to start the day, it can be done really at any time. It's just meant to be done to set up your day intentionally. So what is it? It's called Simple Morning Lists and it includes a daily template to write lists. And these lists are the lists that have been transformational in my life. They're lists that I make each morning and they help me set up my days intentionally. I just can't wait to share this little journal baby of mine with you. I know people usually say book baby and while this isn't a book, still feels like a baby. It feels like a pretty big thing that I've been putting together for a while and have kind of been keeping secret. So it also includes a very detailed introduction and a philosophy behind all of these lists to help you get started and 12 short essays that are kind of sprinkled throughout the book with a weekly challenge attached to each short essay to help you stay centered on what matters. This 90-day journal is meant to really be a journey and to bring transformation to your life through setting up your days intentionally, and I am just so excited. I cannot wait until you are able to get your hands on this thing. That is coming, and if you're wanting more details right now today, get on the launch team. You'll get previews of everything. You'll get a printable version of the list. You can start right away. And you can help me launch this thing into the world. I am so grateful for you. If you want to support me in this way, head to DesireAndries.com slash list to join the launch team. All right, let's jump into today's episode. Like I said, we're talking minimalism in relationships. Catherine and I are diving into her minimalism journey. We're talking about how minimalism has strengthened her relationship with her husband, what to do when a spouse or even a close family member isn't on board, how to handle family members that just don't understand minimalism, and what to do about the gift situation. Of course, these are just ideas on how we handle all of this, which we have similar perspectives, but there is no right way. Um, There's no one right way, though I do want you to know up front that this episode is focused on the relationships and the people, not the division that would come if we counted holding to a perfect minimalist lifestyle more important than the relationships with our people around us. To me, that would just take away the whole purpose of minimalism. Minimalism is meant to take away the distractions in our life so that we can focus on what matters and relationships matter. So keep listening for more on all of that. But let me tell you quickly about Catherine. She is a military wife to a pilot, a mom to a toddler boy, and she has a master's in professional counseling, which I think brings such a great professional perspective 
to this conversation. She loves minimalism and using minimalist design to make her colonial style house a home. I love following along with all of her design and DIY renovation that she does on Instagram over at The Minimal Colonial. Let's jump into my conversation with Catherine. All right, we are going to chat today about minimalism and relationships. So before we get started, Catherine, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do and what you love, all those things? Yeah, totally. So um, I'm 31. I currently live in New Jersey. Um, I am a stay-at-home mom right now. I'm married to an Air Force pilot. So um, while I live in New Jersey, I've grown up all over the place, Um, mainly grew up in Pennsylvania. So um, being in the Northeast has been nice. We've been stationed uh, here close to family, which is awesome. Um, I have a two and a half year old son who is super busy and we're always doing things. Um, my educational background is in professional counseling and while I haven't worked in the field for a long time, um, it's been nice to be home, but I'm still utilizing it in other ways. So hopefully one day when Owen goes to school and we're done having kids, uh, I'll think about going back to work and, um, being a therapist. So that looks like I have to get my licensure and things like that. But, um, it's been nice to be home. I'm Owen's constant because my husband is gone literally all the time and we just got through another deployment. We have another one coming up. So, um, the choice to be home has been really good for us. Yeah. That has to be hard. Um, how often does your husband deploy and like for how long some, or is it, does it change? Well, for the uh, airframe that he's in, it's a cargo airplane, and he um, deploys for two months on and then six months off. But it can vary. Like, the next one coming up is, I think, a little more than six months. So he's going back again in May. He just got back in, I guess, September that was. And sometimes they can extend. So they could potentially go whenever they could be sent tomorrow but for the most part it's it's scheduled and you kind of have an idea of when they're leaving which helps you prepare for sure but um we will have had three deployments three two-month deployments in like a year and a half time so it can be a lot yeah yeah Yeah. do you feel like minimalism has helped with that in any way for sure I don't think I could handle being solo all the time if I was surrounded by a lot of stuff and trying to organize stuff and manage the home and creating the system that we have has definitely helped us both um, when I'm alone and also when Luke is home because they do have to readjust back to home life and because things pretty much stay the same and we have a system that works Luke can just um, get right back into home life which is been really great so it's been an awesome choice for military life plus we move a lot and packing all the time you just don't want to pack that much stuff all the time so yeah well I'm excited about your perspective because and having your perspective on the show um yeah I think that's a really unique perspective with being a military spouse and also um just being a counselor as well a professional counselor and we're going to talk about relationships today and how minimalism affects that so I'm so excited yeah me too so before we um, before we dive into minimalism and relationships, what did your uh, journey to minimalism look like? So let's see. We have been on this journey now, I want to say like four years. We started in 2015, and that was pre-kids. Um, we had just bought our first home. Uh, we were stationed in Mississippi, so that was our first assignment in the Air Force, and we were newly married. So... Um, for me, it was kind of a time period of like an identity crisis of, 
well, I'm not going to be able to work because I couldn't really find work in my career field down there. I had been taken away from everything I knew and pretty much just thrown into this military life, not knowing anything. Um, And so at that time, I was like basically a stay at home housewife. And I was surrounded by all this clutter and all this stuff. And basically it reminded me of all the things that I wasn't able to do. And I was surrounded, especially by like textbooks and, um, you know, any school material and things like that. And I would look at it and just feel sad about, you know, where I was in life. And so I kind of went on this journey. I read the life-changing magic of tidying up book. Um, and that, you know, that system has come a long way since then, but initially it worked for us. And I, I went through every category. I basically looked at it like it was my job. And a lot of it had to do with, you know, merging me and my husband's life together to create this life that we were now going to journey through together. And we had a lot of leftover uh, furniture from our single lives and other junk and stuff like that. And so I basically looked at everything and said, you know what, this might not be the life I thought I was living, but I need to create the life that I would really want from here on out. So I went on a huge purging fest. It lasted like six months. It took a long time to really thoughtfully um, pick through everything and decide what we were going to keep. I started selling furniture, made a lot of good money that way. Kind of looked at that as my job, if you will. Um, And then that money went towards purchasing things that we really enjoyed together and fixing up the house that we lived in down there. So um, since then, We've definitely gone through different seasons. Kids add a lot of stuff, Mm -hmm. (laughs) a lot of different equipment that that kids require. So we've had to like sort through that, figure out our system. Um, And we've moved a couple times since then as well. So figuring out our rhythm in this new house um, definitely brings a different level of minimalism. So, yeah, really, it's been about creating the life that we have wanted together. And it worked for us to do that initial purge and then since then we've been able to develop different systems for different seasons of life um that help our family function well yeah i hear a lot of people who find minimalism and that's kind of my story as well with new motherhood but it's interesting to think about how it can really benefit like a newly married couple because that can cause tension to try to bring in, you know, both people's stuff and you hear the classic arguments over he's bringing his stuff from his bachelor pad or whatever, and then you don't want that in there. So um, I love that you said that you were, your vision was basically to create the life that you wanted and the new life together. That's really beautiful. And I love that minimalism helped facilitate that. Yeah. And, and, you know, you wouldn't think that that is a way to do it, but it was so effective because we became a unit together and we created dreams that we wanted to live out together. And it really forced us to make hard decisions and uh, talk about big topics that um, maybe you don't address that early in marriage. And um, I would say we, we hashed out a lot of things early on that maybe we wouldn't have if we hadn't gone on that journey. So, yeah. Did your, was your husband on board with the idea of like purging and decluttering from the beginning? 
He was. I mean, he supports really anything I do. And I think in the beginning to him, it was probably just another one of Catherine's projects. Because <laughs> I'm always, you know, doing something DIY and I was refurbishing furniture at that time to sell it. And so I think it kind of came off as like more of a hobby thing. And then when it was all done, he saw how beautiful the home looked and not even just how we function. It was just how pretty everything was because there was so much space for things and life became easier and there were, weren't piles that we would fight over, of, you know, clothing or little piles of junk and everything had a place. And so it, he saw how well it worked and then it became a thing of like, well, how do we continue this? How do we implement this as our lifestyle not just well we just went through one big spring cleaning because sometimes that happens you know in life you think oh I need to do this big spring cleaning and then it doesn't stick because you accumulate more and so for us it was really like no we want we want to pick the things that we really enjoy and care about what comes back into our home so we don't have to do this again yeah yeah I like that you talk about the fact that like the house looked pretty because it's not necessarily that you added anything to the house perfect decor or anything it's just the fact of taking stuff out when we take stuff out we can really actually see that our homes are beautiful when there's space there's just so much more room to appreciate that totally that's exactly what happened so it was yeah, it was a really good decision for us. And I think you can instantly change a home by taking things out and making it look even, you know, Pinterest is always like you want to add and and they'll tell you what to buy. And, and I thought that I had to decorate my entire home for it to be the home that I wanted. And it actually was the opposite. So it was really neat. Have you heard about Warby Parker because they are one of today's sponsors and I absolutely love them. Warby Parker was founded with the goal to create boutique quality eyewear at a revolutionary price point and they definitely meet and exceed that goal. Glasses start at $95 and they include the prescription lenses, which those lenses include anti-glare and anti-scratch coatings. They even have blue light filtering lenses now available. I especially love their mission to give back. Warby Parker partners with nonprofits like Vision Spring to ensure that for every pair of glasses sold, a pair is distributed to someone in need. I just love my Warby Parker glasses. They fit my face perfectly. Quality is amazing, and I honestly haven't been able to take them off since I got them. I mean, I've been able to, but I haven't wanted to. I love that I got to try them on from home before I decided on my frames because I was able to have family and friends help me decide. They just make it so easy to find the frames you like, whether it be through their quiz, which is what I started with. You just answer a few questions and they suggest some great looking glasses. Then if you have an iPhone X, you can download their app where you can use their new virtual try-on, allowing you to actually try on glasses virtually and see the realistic color and texture and size of each style. And my favorite part, you can try out Warby Parker through that free at-home try-on program, which I just absolutely loved using. You'll order five pairs of glasses and try them on for five days. There's no obligation to buy. It ships free to you. It ships free back. It includes a prepaid return label. You can get that now. Head to warbyparker.com slash minimalish to order your free at-home try-on. You can take the quiz, find a pair that's right for you. All right, friend, let's get back to today's episode. Okay, so 
What do you think has been the biggest benefit of minimalism that you've seen in your life? Um, definitely uh, in regards to like my personal fi- personal um, benefit was definitely like my shopping addiction and that drive to, like I said, have a perfect home and buy all the things that um, would make my home beautiful. And so it really put me on a... Um, trajectory of discipline and making sure that I was accountable for my purchases and being thoughtful about what we brought into the home. Um, and then as, together in our marriage, it really like made us a team, as I said, and we established our goals and our, like our mission and our vision for the future. Um, because we didn't, we wouldn't, didn't want to have to do that whole decluttering thing again. So it became, um, we just became so intentional about our decisions together and our finances. And I think those lessons are invaluable when you're a a couple beginning out, you know, you need to learn those things quickly, um, especially if you want to plan for a family in the future. So, um, and then I would definitely say one of the like side benefits that's just kind of obvious is just a tidy home and being able to clean and eliminating the fights over, um, little messes that can happen from just living in the house day to day. You know, I don't get mad at messy toys or, you know, messy clothes because they're so easily picked up. And when you have less, you know where to put it and it takes five minutes to do it. So if it, even if it sits there for longer than maybe you'd want, it's not a big deal because, you know, it can just disappear pretty quickly. Yeah. And I know for my husband and I, we were married I'd say not quite four years before we really dug into minimalism. And I feel like one of our biggest fights always, I don't know if it necessarily was literally, there's a mess, who's going to clean it up? I mean, when we were both working full time, but full time, but I feel like it was kind of this inner thing for me that I felt like if the house wasn't tidy, if there was clutter, it was my fault and he's angry. You know, that whole inner dialogue that goes on. So that... Yeah, it's so true that it can, minimalism really can eliminate that fight or at least lessen, lessen it. Yeah. Okay, so let's, um, let's dive into that then. Let's talk about minimalism in relationships. Yeah. Um, how have you approached other people in your life that haven't been on board with this lifestyle change? So your husband was on board from the beginning. Um, were there people that were not, that you either you know you said you live closer to your family now so maybe family anyone so it's definitely gone through a journey itself Uh, when Luke and I were living on our own down in Mississippi it didn't really affect too many people and Luke is still I wouldn't say as a minimalist as me so I have to give him a lot of grace and space to be who he is but I think when we moved up here there were definitely changes and uh family members would come over and see how empty it is you know there'd be comments about it's almost too clean or (laughs) just like I didn't have enough kitchen gear to cook certain things and and you know those kinds of comments just I think I've said before on the insta blog just are not comments that you really need to take seriously they're they're just comments that you know are highlighting what they think about it, highlighting insecurities that maybe they're having. But I really used to be a person that was on a soapbox about minimalism. And now that I've really dealt one-on-one with, I would say like non-compliant people in this lifestyle, I've 
I've definitely taken a step down from that soapbox and I kind of just wait for the opportune moment to talk about it if it's something that they're interested in. And in counseling, we say if you're working harder as the counselor, working harder than the client, the client is probably not ready to change. So you can kind of put that onto the situation as far as parallel it to the fact that if you have a family member or friend or whoever who is not ready to change, it's, you're probably working harder than they are. You're probably wanting to offer to help them to declutter a space. And I do have a personal example of this. Um, and I, I did it with this one family member. I took it upon myself to help them declutter a certain area in their home. And it ended up in a really big meltdown fight. Um, and that stuff was not mine to declutter. And later on, the stuff came back because they weren't ready. But then I've had other uh, family members personally ask me for their help and I will show them how to, you know, purge. And it has truly changed the way that they look at things. And so it just goes to show is that we cannot force this lifestyle on anyone. And minimalism doesn't trump like love and grace for people. It, it is not um, just because it's the most practical thing that we've discovered and it's so meaningful and and changing in deeper ways doesn't mean that everyone's ready for it I mean, we should never force this lifestyle on anyone else so now I just kind of wait for people to be influenced I think silent leadership is one of the best things that you can do and I really now just let my house speak for itself or my choices or the words that come out of my mouth to just kind of lead ahead of instead of trying to open up a conversation so I just trying to like handle it naturally because odds are when someone's asking truly asking and you give them a suggestion they'll just do it and then before you know it things have changed but if you're trying to force your way through you definitely go south <laughs> yeah yeah I think that is a good perspective to take is just to like give people love and grace before yeah. before standing on a soapbox not that you can't share a lifestyle change that is benefiting you but when we do it in a way where it's like hey you should do this because it's working for me exactly. that's right. not always very receptive well receptive exactly and in counseling like we talk a lot about motivational uh, interviewing especially when it comes to change and really the client will only ever be the agent of change so if you take that and look at your family member or whatever apply it they are the only agent of change we are not the agent of change um, we can subtly influence it but they are the only people that are going to be able to embrace it because they ultimately have to live with their house and their stuff. Like we can't live that life for them. We can show them how to do it, but that doesn't, it, it's not going to solidify until they decide it. It has, they have to go through the process first for them to decide that this works for them. So I think that was true for us when we discovered it, no one could have told us how to do it. I just had to figure it out and figure out what works and what doesn't work. And so I think waiting for people to come around is uh, the easiest way to go about it. Yeah, I love that. Okay, I know that I personally have gotten a lot of questions and you might have the same of people who are dealing with family members that aren't on board or spouses right. that aren't on board. And there's a lot of anger or just mm -hmm. like frustration. And that's totally understandable because when you see that something is so life-changing and it's benefited you right. or, or it will benefit you and you just want someone to be, to, to come into that with you. Um, how do we adopt this lifestyle without becoming frustrated and bitter towards others in the process? Well, I think a lot of it comes down to, you really need to look at the person in front of you and 
it's a great lesson in unconditional love. Like, like I said, minimalism doesn't trump love and grace and unconditional love. It doesn't, it shouldn't seep into that. It doesn't come first. Like the person in front of you, especially if they're your spouse or immediate family members or children or whatever, they, they are the person in front of you. They matter more. And I think peace in the home matters a lot more than whether or not it's decluttered. And so you really kind of have to pick your battles and really, um, I've said this before, find out what you're like, um, hot button areas are that really cause that frustration and anger. Um, let's say if you're married and your spouse leaves socks on the floor and that really drives you crazy, you know, maybe decide whether or not that's worth it or is there a way to do it or are you going to have to be okay with picking up those socks every day? Um, I think the best way to do this is ask yourself, what if this person never gets on board? What if this person never wants this lifestyle? What if there will never be um, a unifying of this lifestyle together? You have to ask yourself, what are you going to do as a minimalist to continue on living out your journey without it affecting the other person, without you getting angry at the other person? Because I've said this um, in a post is that we tend to villainize the non-minimalists. We tend to look at their spending habits or their uh, I wouldn't even say messiness, but maybe their way of accumulating things or whatever um, as like a moral character flaw. Um, and it's really not. That's not mm. an important issue or important thing to put on that person because it changes our perspective of them when really we married them or, or love them for other reasons. It has nothing to do with that. We've decided to go on this minimalist journey. We don't have to bring them along if they don't want to. So um, we can only control our personal thoughts and behaviors. We can't control what they do. So um, like I've said, subtly influencing them works a lot. Um, One way I I kind of work around is like keeping neutral areas tidier. So you as the minimalist can focus on areas like the kitchen or the bathroom or the family room, whatever ways that make you maybe feel... um, like you have some control over those areas or find an organizational system so that at least if we can't get rid of their stuff that you can organize it in a way that you can live with. So if your spouse or whoever is a collector of things, maybe you display them in a way that you like that you think is pretty or organize them in a box somewhere that's stored nicely. You know, there are so many ways around the anger um, over this, kind of stuff rather than trying to force them to get rid of the stuff, even though in our minds, we feel like that would be way more effective. But um, I think showing them respect that you care about their stuff first is the first stepping stone to then seeing like, wow, that looks so much better. Now we can use that better or whatever. And that person loves me enough to do that for me. Maybe I should maybe go through my closet or something. You know, it's like give and take. Um, and then also, once you find that organizational system, show them that, show them the system you created, teach them how to do that and teach them how to maintain it that way. Um, some people don't know how to do things and we don't know what we don't know. Um, and so sometimes I feel like people are stuck because they don't know how to do what we have already accomplished as minimalists so yeah I think and then with the money thing you can always set aside fun money for them if they are uh, shoppers you know give them set allowances just really creating boundaries that you both can live within yeah and I think whenever it is a thing uh, within a marriage 
it would be silly to let a lifestyle change that you are making. I mean, not to downplay like maybe someone's feelings, but it, it would be a detriment. I think to say this lifestyle change makes me like frustrated with this person that I love the most, you know, because it's minimalism is a tool, at least how I define it to help us focus on the things that matter. And that relationship matters more than the tool, you know, more than the tool that's supposed to keep you less distracted. And I think that, you know, it's hard because there are so many different dynamics and so many different ways that someone might be dealing with someone with a spouse that is, has hoarding issues or something. But, but at the same time, this is just like, I don't know. I feel like this journey is just, if you let it shape you like let it shape you let it shape even the way that you view that person and the way that the way that you view yourself and then it can only be a positive thing in relationships even if it's not like both people aren't on board for sure yeah i'm taking a quick break to thank one of today's sponsors native native creates safe simple effective products people use in the bathroom they have literally 9,000 five-star reviews and have been featured on the Today Show, Elle Magazine, Pop Sugar, just to name a few. Their product, like their five-star rated deodorant, they're formulated without aluminum, parabens, and talc. And it's worth it to say no to these toxins when it comes to products that we use on our bodies every day. Native's products are instead filled with ingredients that are found in nature and that you can actually pronounce and understand like coconut oil, shea butter, and tapioca starch. Their products have free shipping and returns, and they work. I've tried other natural deodorants, and nothing works like native. Seriously. I never have to reapply, even after working out or taking a walk, which honestly amazes me. Plus, I love their scents. I personally love the eucalyptus and mint, but they have something for everyone. They have coconut and vanilla, lavender and rose, Plus, they have seasonal scents, and they even have an unscented baking soda-free formula for those with sensitivities. For 20% off your first purchase, you can visit nativedeodorant.com and use promo code MINIMALISH during checkout. That's 20% off your first purchase at nativedeodorant.com with promo code MINIMALISH. All right, friend, let's get back to my conversation with Catherine. So let's talk about gifts because... I think this is the, well, it's definitely our biggest, it's, it's how things get brought into our house. And a lot of things get brought into our house through gifts, which, you know, it's, I'm grateful for it. Um, So what is your biggest suggestion? Cause I get this question all the time. I'm sure you do too, about gifts and family bringing stuff into your home or friends, whoever would be great bringing like, especially our kids, I think, and right. you know, I'm not like bestowed upon thousands of gifts every day, but Gemma, <laughs> right. Gemma can be. So, yeah. so, um, can you talk to me about like, what do you do about this? Um, what's your biggest suggestion when people are bringing stuff into your house? Um, whether it's family, friends, whatever. So for me, this is definitely a tough one. Um, I think this issue varies so much uh, in the minimalist community. So many people have different takes on this. And I, I've said this on my blog is like, I'm in the middle about a lot of these different issues because I try not to be extreme. I'm, I'm definitely not an all or nothing type of person. And I think that's how you create balance um, in this lifestyle. 
what I really had to learn is that people really do have certain love languages. And um, if you guys don't know what um, the love languages are, the five love languages by Gary Chapman is a great resource. And the fives are words, affirmation, acts of service, quality time, physical touch, or giving and receiving of gifts. And this love language is very real and we cannot negate that in other people. And we can't control that or um, ignore it in other people. So, when we are thinking about how we approach this issue of gifts in other people, we have to consider that this can truly be a love language. Um, and remember, love languages are spoken and received. Um, and oftentimes we speak in the language that we want to receive. Um, but really, when you're dealing in relationships, you might speak a different love language to somebody else. Um, so that they can give you the love language in return that you desire. So, um, so these people might definitely have that love language of, of giving and receiving of gifts, which is fine. And I think when, when we're minimalists, we tend to move more into uh, acts of service and quality time. And so you can relearn different love languages over time, but um, some other people might not be there. There's nothing wrong with giving and receiving of gifts. So I just want to establish that foundation first. That's kind of emotionally where I come from. Um, so in my house, we do allow gifts to come in. We are intentional about those times because we have very generous families. Um, we look forward to birthdays and holidays, but that means that we prepare for them. We don't allow a lot of stuff in the in-between so that those events can be special. Um, Cause in my view of parenting, I do believe that it's important for children to learn the skill of saying thank you for a gift and having gratitude for gifts. I think it is um, socially appropriate and the etiquette behind it. I think it's really proper for them to learn how to open and say thank you, send a thank you note. Um, so for me, I don't necessarily believe in deprivation or restriction, um, but I do believe in balance. And so both our sides of our family, both Luke and, and my family are really great about that. They don't overindulge. But we've also set that precedent like birthdays and holidays are special events. They can families can do what they think that they want to do because we are careful about other events. We don't buy gifts on the fly. We're not trying to, you know, um, overindulge in any sort of way. So I know that there are some people out there who maybe have grandparents or whatever close by and every outing turns into a gift. And I think um if you're in that situation, you do have to think about setting parameters for your kid. Um, you know, you're having that conversation of like, you know, let's just save those gifts for the special events. Maybe let's focus on experiences in the in-between. Um, another way to do it is to, especially around the holidays, if you want to do Secret Santa, so you only do one gift per whatever. Um, we've done that before. Now as adults, like we don't buy the adults gifts at all. No one expects that. So we don't do that anymore, but the kids definitely get gifts and we enjoy that. We enjoy buying a gift and giving it, watching them open and vice versa. Um, another example of this is because my family doesn't live close. My mom loves to take me clothes shopping when we're together. Um, and because I know that's a special time for her, we bond over the experience of going out and shopping and trying on clothes. Um, I know to plan for it. So I save those events in my mind. And whether that means getting rid of more 
ahead of time, knowing that I'm going to make room for the new things. Same with toys. Like if I know Owen is going to have a birthday and I'm going to get a few more things, that means I might go through the books or the toys and get rid of more than I think he might get. So that's really how we eliminate the excess. And I have to say like, those events are fun because you might get something that you've saved for or something that maybe you would never ask for or buy something for yourself. So I just, I don't necessarily believe in no gifts ever. And I do know there are people out there who have really non-compliant family members. And I think those cases are really special. And I think it comes down to more than the gifts thing. I think if there are arguments about that kind of thing, I think it might be deeper than what the actual gift situation is. It could be a power control issue, um, lack of boundaries, lack of respect, which is totally different, uh, different way of handling it than just saying no gifts, because that can cause dissension um, and arguments and people just don't understand that part of it. So yeah, you really have to find a balance. You have to find what works for you. We, we have found a good system over the years. And um, if we have more kids in the future, we'll probably keep to the same system and just make sure that we're not being overly indulgent, but also not totally depriving I guess yeah yeah I know for us on Gemma's first birthday which was like within the first year that we really adopted a minimalist lifestyle we made a gift list and sent it out to people and then for her second for her second birthday it's like after living the lifestyle a bit longer I just felt less controlling over it you know it's just not that not that that's bad and I I do suggest that to people if they are worried about gifts coming in and feeling overwhelmed by that but I don't know I I've not not that I've lowered my standards on what kind of toys she has or anything like that it's just it's Life doesn't have to be about having perfect control over every single thing coming in the house. And I don't want to steal the joy that comes with Mm -hmm. being a gift giver and with being the gift receiver when it's my daughter who is not me and (laughs) who who might enjoy getting the gift that, you know, Gigi picked out specifically for her. And I didn't say like, here, buy her this, this or this, you know. Exactly. And I think, you know, kids aren't going to understand saying no to a gift for the sake of the cause, especially young kids. They're, they're not, they're going to look at other kids seeing getting gifts and wonder why they can't make a Christmas list. If you're saying no gifts or why, why they can't open something. Um, you know, the point is never to make it black and white because nothing good comes out of extreme living. Um, at least in my opinion. So, um, yeah, we, we are just, flexible about it and when we know we're overwhelmed with the amount of toys or clothes or whatever it's our responsibility to go through our things it is not our job to make someone else feel bad about what they've chosen to give us or how they've chosen to spend our money we we have control over our environments and i know i've gotten a lot of messages about how well they should understand that i i can feel free that even though they gave it to us it's mine to do with what i want and that's true but that doesn't speak to respect and love uh, when it comes to giving gifts. I think when you receive a gift, there is definitely a proper way to show gratitude. Um, And I don't think people have to know whether or not you get rid of an item that they've given you or make it a thing. You know, it's just keep your lifestyle quiet to show gratitude and humility first. You know, I think those things are more important than whether or not you're getting rid of toys or something. Yeah. And 
I know sometimes I've told myself, like, I don't know if a bigger item has come into the house or an outfit that wasn't my 100% style or whatever that's yeah. that's my yeah. da- for my daughter, so it doesn't need to be my 100% style. I try to, like, reverse my feelings about it of just, like, well, I don't know if we'll use that or I don't know if I'll wear that on her. And I try to see what she does with it, especially if it's a yeah. toy. And if I see her playing with it, I personally, I like staff a picture and I send it to that person. And yeah. I've done that a couple of times lately. And it just has changed my perspective on right. the stuff that I might've been like, uh, really like that's really big yeah. or that's, you know, not the most beautiful thing that's going to be now in my yeah. living room. But totally. it's, it's changed my perspective. Cause I feel like it's helped. Then I've used it to, to strengthen a relationship and, and to give joy back to the person that, you know, has given the gift. Exactly. And I think when we get stuck on whether or not we like it or not, and whether or not it's going to fit in our home, then it's, we're still focused on the stuff. Mm -hmm. It's still a mentality of items. And this isn't what I thought, you know, this item isn't what I wanted to be. And, And we get stuck in focusing on the stuff, which is totally not the point. And you know, when someone gives you a gift or you bring a new item into your home, like test it out. Maybe you do like it. Maybe, maybe it does fit into your lifestyle. And there's, there's nothing wrong with incorporating more items into your home. If you are mindful about what else is there. So, um, yeah, that's something to think about. Yeah. Well, I am glad that we, talked on the topic of gifts for a while because the holidays are right around the corner (laughs) and that that brings a lot of questions um and just like I feel like sometimes there can feel a panic of like oh no a lot might be coming in what do I do about this and how do I handle this and another thing too is just like if you've recently adopted the lifestyle of minimal minimalism I almost said minimalish but that's that's (laughs) what I like to use um minimalism in general whatever you want to call it and you do feel fear around like gifts or the holidays. I think something that I felt in the past, especially in the beginning, was like I attached my identity to that word yeah. so quickly of minimalist, minimalist. And it's, yes. it does, it's really like it doesn't do us any justice to be an identity. Um, exactly. So when we attach ourselves to that word, yeah, we're going to feel like freaked out about stuff coming in and being like, okay, this is compromising who I am, but, um, it's not who you are, you know, it's, it's a really great lifestyle and tool, but it's not who you are really. Right. And I think, uh, I I think a lot of pride can come when, when you become a minimalist, because somehow sometimes we think we've solved the great question to life and figured out you know, this is the ultimate lifestyle when really it's not. And there are plenty of people in the world who haven't become minimalists who are fully fulfilled. This is just a personal journey that makes us feel fulfilled and just happens to affect how our environment looks. And, you know, that panic doesn't need to come because it's like you said, it's not our identity. We don't have to, everything doesn't have to match who we say we are. You know, this is like, you don't have to have pride about this. It's just, like you said, a tool, they're useful tips to making your life a little bit easier. Yeah. Okay. So good. So, um, are there any final encouragements that you have with minimalism and approaching our relationships? 
Um, I think one thing to think about for the future is that minimalism definitely aligns people. When you get past some sort of, you know, all those tensions that maybe you're dealing with, or you learn to how how to deal with people, um, especially in our marriage, when Luke and I have been on this journey for so long, um, for us, it has created instant goals for the short term and the long term. Um, so we're able to make an instant goals for the short term of how we manage our house and then long-term goals of how we, you know, plan financially in the future. Um, it's really taking out a lot of the bickering with certain things. So if you and your spouse are bickering over the stuff, um, minimalism can be a great way to find common ground. Um, and it's a great way to spend quality time together. I mean, it's a free, it's something that is so free and easy to do. And, um, while it can get hard with the sentimental stuff, at least you're focusing, if you're just focusing on like the basics, um, could be a really great way to find how to make your house a home together. Um, and I've said this too, that when there's a lot of physical chaos, it's usually a lot of emotional chaos in the home. And when you start stripping away those layers of the physical chaos, you know, some of those emotional things do dissipate. Um, and so if you're finding that you're arguing over certain things that somehow it's a manifestation of the stuff, if you're, if you eliminate the stuff, it really does help to eliminate some of the emotional tension. Um, and one thing I try to tell people too, who are, experiencing difficulties in relationship it's not you against the other person it's you and the other person against the stuff you're fighting this need to consume and the stuff is filling your home making you feel a certain way so um if you are fighting maybe try looking at the stuff not at the other person um and just like i said find a common bond over it and create a plan to get rid of it what's nice about me and Luke now is that if we tend to accumulate more in a certain time period, like a season of life, we now have a system that we can get rid of it. It's not a big argument. It's just, it just gets done because we both are okay. And we have already made those hard decisions on the front end. So. Yeah. Awesome. Um, I love that so much. So I have two questions that I ask every guest. And first, before I go into those, and before I forget to ask this, where can anyone listening in right now find you online? Yeah, so I have an Instagram, Insta blog, and my handle is at the minimal colonial. Um, I focus on um, living in a colonial style home and decorating in the colonial style. Um, But while also being a minimalist, so that's my kind of uh, niche in there and I uh since with my counseling background I talk a lot about the mindset and the whys behind uh choosing minimalism so mainly on Instagram yeah and that's I love following along with you I love the mindset (laughs) focus for sure I love your at least right now when we're recording this you've been doing Tuesday TED Talks and those are those are awesome so I definitely encourage anyone listening to go and find you over on Instagram okay thank you Yeah, the two questions. Um, First one is, what is something that you're simplifying right now? So uh, this is pretty recent, but something that I've had to learn how to do is simplify packing. Um, I am on a lot of road road trips, especially being solo and trying to see family. If we want to see family, I and Luke is gone. I just have to kind of get in gear and learn how to pack. And I don't want to take a lot of stuff. I want to be able to get in the car and go and enjoy our time. So uh, recently, I've been really working on how to pack minimally. Um, and toddlers require a lot of stuff, like 
it's no secret that they require things that um, help them be in a good mood or sleep well when you're outside of the home. So uh, trying to figure out how to manage all of that and find a system that's really efficient because I used to have a lot of packing anxiety, which seems so silly. Um, but when you've done it so much, it definitely mm. becomes a stressor. And in the military life, I don't have a choice. Um, I don't have a choice if I'm alone and, and want to go see family. So um, I definitely have found that I've become more confident in my abilities, finding the right tools to help me become more efficient in my packing. Um, and that's kind of a skill that once you learn it, you have it forever. Because um, at least for us, we'll never be done traveling. So um really, really happy with that journey and how that's going for me right now. That's awesome. Um, I'm about to pack for just a weekend getaway. And I, I feel like with a toddler, I'm always like, what? But, yeah. I mean, the question that we're always like in minimalism saying, okay, that question of what if within yeah, our homes, like, oh, what if I need that thing? I, mm-hmm. I feel like I use that word so much when packing. It's just All like, but, but what if? But really what if? Because in motherhood, at least those what ifs end up happening. And you're like, no, I really need to plan for that what if because it's happened before and what if it happened? <laughs> yeah, so, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then what is something that you can't stop talking about right now? So um, I kind of thought of this thing. Um, it's the Brave Bible Study by Angela Thomas. Um, I am currently doing this with my women's Bible study at church, and it's super powerful. I just, you know, thought I would join in on the Bible study, but I'm actually finding that it's speaking to me uh, really deeply. And a lot of it talks about, like, I'll just read you some of the contents of, like, the um, the uh, topics. It's one week one is, like, I am worn out. Week two is I am suffering a thorn. Week three is I am undisciplined. And it keeps going and it touches on all these issues that we experience as a woman um, or as a wife and a mother. And I really encourage anyone out there listening that if you are struggling in your identity as a woman, um, maybe spiritually or even emotionally, mentally, um, this is such a great resource for anyone because I just, the videos um, of Angela talking are so relatable and real. And I just think it's like a raw study for anyone trying to work out some identity issues as a woman. So I've been really recommending this to other people. um, And I've just been really enjoying going through it so yeah I love that yeah that sounds really good I'm gonna have to look into it I've never heard of I don't even think I've heard of her so me neither and she's this sweet southern lady that when she pops on the screen she has like the most soothing voice and she's so um fun to listen to and she's you know quirky and just so relatable and I think we often feel so alone in motherhood or you know in other times of our life um and so I feel like this is definitely becoming um, something that's filling my soul in that way. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you so much for this conversation. I'm so glad we did a deep dive into minimalism and relationships and so glad we got to chat. Thank Um, you for having me. This is such an honor. I'm so proud of all the work that you've done. You've done so much for this community. So you're paving the way for all of us. And I mean, I feel the same towards you. So you're you're doing great things. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed this conversation and I hope you loved Catherine as much as I do. I just really feel grateful to have her perspective on relationships. I feel like she said so many of the things that I've been thinking and navigating for myself and and really affirmed the fact that 
minimalism does not have to be an end-all be-all and that's why this podcast is called minimal-ish it's it's about how we can use this tool to strengthen the important things in our life strengthen our focus on the important things in our life and I feel like I say that like a broken record but it's just so easy for this lifestyle change or any lifestyle change to just get blown out of proportion. I realize it can be hard to navigate relationships with someone that might just be living so different from you or have different values than you. And it can be really hard when you're living with that person and when that person is your spouse. But I love what Catherine said. Just this idea of remember that you married this person before or you you whether you know you're married to them or not you joined lives with this person before minimalism was even a thing in your life you're not married to minimalism you're married to a human being that matters and you need to put them before this lifestyle change but you can still do the thing in your life you can still live with less in your own personal life whether that's in your schedule or in your own stuff or in the mutual spaces where it would be okay and you wouldn't be crossing boundaries to let go of an extra spatula or whatever it might look like I know I can't say that from experience but I just want but I can acknowledge the fact that marriage is hard and it's hard when our values seem to go seem to be going in a different direction than the person that we love and that we married and I just want to encourage you just as Catherine did to put the person in the center and not the lifestyle change so I just wanted to end with that and put a focus on that concept because I think it's important and I know I get the question of what would you do if your spouse was in a, on board what would you do if your spouse was taking stuff out of the declutter pile and I would say just focus on respect and focus on love and focus on grace just as Catherine said if you loved this episode, please share it, share it on Instagram, share it with a friend. That is the best way for new ears to listen in to Minimalish and for new amazing people to join this community. I am so grateful for you when you share. If you want to leave a rating or a review, that's also a great way. So I'm grateful for your time with that as well. And I cannot wait to talk to you back here again next week. It'll be a coffee date episode. So it's going to be fun. Make sure to hit subscribe if you haven't already so that you don't miss it. And I will meet you back here next week, friend. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.